Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me again on the Word Podcast. We're continuing and closing out the Gospel of Mark, <laughs> chapter 16. I know it's taken us a while to close it, but that's good. I think the Lord has actually given us some insight into where we're supposed to go next after this. We'll see if it actually comes to fruition. But uh, we're going to jump back in in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, where Jesus said to the 11, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Then he says this, He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. So this is the question that comes to us. Do we believe? Well, believe what? Believe the gospel. Do you believe the gospel? You know, people say, oh, yeah, yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Well, so do the demons. <laughs> okay. I'm talking about do you believe to the point to where it is a true, okay, a true belief, a belief that brings forth transformation in your life, or is it just that you add it to your pantheon of gods that you have? Okay. Do you believe? And so if you believe and have been baptized, if you say you believe and yet you refuse to be baptized, okay, you need to check some things out. I know some people that refuse to, and there's some belligerence there and some resistance there. And, and it's like, okay, are you taking this before the Lord? Yes, 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 I'm taking it before the Lord. Okay. You know, it's not that you have to agree with me. It is that you have to agree with the Word of God. So take it before the Lord and see what the Lord says. But then he says this, Jesus said, the one who is disbelieved shall be condemned. So he's talking about salvation. Then he says this, signs will accompany those who have believed. And we dealt with the first one that he says right here, in my name, they will cast out demons by the might and power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They will cast out demons. But you know what? You must believe. You must believe to be saved. Okay, you must believe to be saved. But you must believe that the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will cast out demons. As I mentioned previously in Matthew 7, there's some people there that actually did this. And they said they believed, but Jesus said, I did not know them. And they weren't true believers. They were false professors. <laughs> okay? They weren't true believers, but the Lord honored his name and sent the demons on their way and did all sorts of miracles through them, even though they themselves were not true believers. I suspect, I know, that there are many people who are true believers, and yet they do not believe that the things that Jesus mentioned right here can be done today in their life. They don't believe it's done in the body of Christ. I would dare say that in uh, most of our circle of influences, most of where we hang out within the body of Christ, they get very, very nervous if you start talking about new tongues, if you start talking about serpents and poisons and demons. They're a little less nervous about laying on hands for the sick, but they do it more as a perfunctory thing, not really believing that anything will occur and that a true recovery will come about. But Jesus himself says that's exactly what's going to happen. So he says, in my name, they will cast out demons. Then this one, in my name, they will speak with new tongues. Oh, man, there's all sorts of debate over this, okay? And it goes from the extreme where people totally reject 
Okay, they totally reject this whole speaking in new tongues thing. If you show them in the scripture where it is, they'll say things like, well, that you see that in the book of Acts, which I'm about to quote several passages from there. And yes, you see it in the book of Acts. And they'll say this, well, Acts is a transitional book. You must understand that Acts is a book about a transitional time. And they were going from this into the, uh, to the new church and the new covenant, and it's a transition. And that was never intended for the long run. Scripture says nothing of the sort. That is just a, a, a doctrine in the creation of man. But boy, you will see that propagated in books and in teachings and in preachings like you wouldn't believe. And then you'll see the other side of the spectrum, which will say, well, to prove that you're truly saved, that you truly have the Holy Spirit, then you must speak in an unknown language and you must speak with new tongues. Well, that's equally incorrect. The scripture doesn't say that at all. As a matter of fact, Paul says, not all of us don't speak in tongues, do we? And he's speaking about the empowerment, the gifts of the Spirit. And then they'll come along and say, well, there's different kinds of tongues. There's an angelic language. Okay, well, perhaps. Then there's the type of tongue to where you can speak an unknown language that you haven't known before. Well, no doubt. Yeah, that, that definitely occurs. There's that spiritual empowerment to where somebody can all of a sudden speak a different language than they've ever been able to speak. There's been all sorts of examples of that through the years. Okay, And people say, well, you know... I understand, but that stuff, you know, demons do that. Demons speak with unknown tongues. Oh, yeah, no doubt. But you know what? Satan himself emulates everything that God does. Everything, okay? I've heard demonic preaching before, okay, demonic teaching. We sounded great. We sounded wonderful. I said, oh, wasn't that just a great message? And I said, oh, it wasn't a great message at all because it's the exact opposite of what the Scripture says, Okay. Satan and the demons will seek to emulate and pervert the truth. So sure they're going to do this kind of thing. So what does this mean, they will speak with new tongues? Well, you, like I said, you actually see it manifested in the book of Acts. In chapter 2, in chapter 10, in chapter 19, you see examples where people believe, and then they spoke with new tongues. And that was one of the ways uh, that the, uh, the apostles and disciples knew that they'd actually experienced Okay, that they were truly saved because they were speaking new tongues just like in Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost. Now, Acts 2, they were speaking languages of the other people. It was unknown to the people who were speaking, okay, but the people who were hearing heard the gospel message in their own tongue, uh, likely their own tongue, their own dialect, their own accent, because they were amazed that these Galileans could speak that way, okay? So you have that happening. You have several examples and acts of new languages, new tongues. That still occurs today, folks. You say, well, I've never seen it. <laughs> well, if you've never seen it, does that negate the fact that it's true? That's usually where we're coming from. A lot of people are like that. They say, well, I've never experienced it, so therefore it must not be true. Why hubris, right? But then you have this new tongue thing that's going on in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 12 uh, and verses 10, 28, 30. You actually see in 1 Corinthians 13. You see in 1 Corinthians 14 when Paul juxtaposes, you know, uh, the spiritual gift of uh, prophesying, prophecy, with the spiritual gift of speaking in an unknown language, an unknown tongue. Now, in this case, in these examples, it's a spiritual empowerment, okay? It's an empowerment. And you also see a corollary gift that goes along. The interpretation of tongues. Scripture actually tells us if you speak in a tongue, pray that God will give the interpretation, either give you the interpretation or somebody else the interpretation. 
And so I can't get into the whole debate of the details. I've done this in other portions of our blogs before, our podcast. I've done a whole thing on spiritual gifts. But you see that it is a spiritual empowerment of the Holy Spirit today. Okay, it is. And we don't need to deny it. Though we do it in a very creative kind of way. I love what Charles Carnes says about this. Well, so much the church comes along and says, well, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 is not for today. Parts of it are for today, but other parts are not for today. 1 Corinthians 13, oh, it's all for today. That's the part about love, right? 1 Corinthians 14, oh, no, no, that's not for today. That was for back then. 1 Corinthians 15, about the resurrection. Oh, that's for today. You can't do that. That is not rightly and accurately and correctly handling the word of truth. Jesus himself said this to his disciples, that those who believe, there's going to be some signs that accompany them. You know what they are? In my name, they're going to cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. And then there's a couple other things that he mentions in the next verse, which we've read before, and we'll talk about in the next episode. (laughs) Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you then.